Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners. It is designed to get us into God's Word for a few minutes each day, about 12 minutes or so, and thereby help us to have a better perspective on how to take on the day, whatever the day may throw at us, but also to keep us thinking about our spiritual lives and our relationship with God. Now, you know people in your life who need to change their thinking and the direction in their lives. You can help them by sharing these short studies with them and really encourage them to listen. You know people who are on a self-destructive pathway through life. Maybe by sharing these studies, you can help them start to turn their thinking around, start to think about their spiritual lives, and also about their relationship with God. You may help them get on the right path that ultimately will lead them to eternal life with God in heaven. So share. You can do that through Facebook friends. You can do that through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. But share these studies with your family, with your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally anybody and everybody. Make up your mind. Do it on purpose and with a purpose. We're going to get back into a most pertinent and common situation that we face in life, and that is problem marriages. You probably know somebody in your life who is having a problem in their marriage right now. Maybe they've been having a problem in their marriage for a long, long time. Maybe you are having some real difficulty in your marriage relationship. And we're really getting down to a really basic principle that can avoid problems and also, once they have come along, can help get through those problems and solve them. And that's the simple principle of listening to your spouse. Listen to your spouse. Instead of becoming so frustrated and automatically lashing out with cutting and hurting words and maybe put-down language, listen to what your spouse is saying. And don't just close your, your ears, or rather don't just close your mouth and close your ears at the same time, but close your mouth and open your ears. Listen to what your spouse is saying. Don't let your emotions develop into a full-blown argument because that's not communication that's a contest and a contest is the or the object of a contest is to win arguing is counterproductive to ultimately working out the problems between you and your spouse listen to your spouse before the argument ever stop or ever starts You should have been listening to your spouse weeks ago, months ago. Listen on a regular basis. Listening is a real skill that has to be developed, and it's half of communication. Many people might think communication is is talking. Communication is as much listening as it is talking. Now, we've looked at some passages of Scripture. We looked at how James said, be swift to hear. Now, that means listen. Be slow to speak, he said. Be slow to wrath. Well, if you're 
listening and you're slow to speak because you're listening and you're paying attention, you're taking it in and you're contemplating what your spouse is saying, then you are going to be slow to wrath. The anger is not as likely to develop and then ultimately to grow into full-blown wrath. The argument probably will be avoided altogether because you're listening to what your spouse is saying. And it's not just the words at that moment. You're also listening to the emotion. You're also listening to the body language. You're observing. You're picking up on the frustration or the needs of your spouse in some way. Listen to your spouse. I want to go back to Proverbs chapter 14. Begin reading with verse 15. The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. Now we can understand that as mean they just lash out with all kinds of words that are ill-conceived and ultimately are counterproductive to producing good. A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Yeah, we know that, don't we? We probably experienced it ourselves in our personal lives. And a man of wicked intentions is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil will bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. When you don't listen in a relationship, especially in your marriage relationship, you, you, by not listening, are going to contribute to the problems that develop within that relationship. And husbands and wives, they look back when they're at the point of divorce and they may wonder, what happened? How did it, this, this develop? How did we get to this particular point? Well, in many cases, it can go back to either one or the other or both of the partners in that marriage relationship would not listen to each other. In Proverbs 16 and verse 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. In other words, you keep yourself under self-control. And part of that is, instead of instinctively and emotionally responding to what somebody thinks of as a provocative situation or a provocative statement on the part of their spouse, instead of that, they, they stop. They bite their tongue. They listen. Maybe they ask a, a probing question. What, what are you getting at? What do you mean? Help me understand what you're saying in a calm, controlled way, listening. I sat across the table from a couple one time, and I watched one pick at the other needlessly, and I just thought, you need to shut up. Because ultimately it could have provoked the other one into a full-blown argument, lashing out, because the first one was taking exception with every little thing the other one said. And again, I listened to both, and I just thought, be quiet. You're not reacting properly. Listen to your spouse. What is true love? Well, true love is not just physical. 
true love is emotional. True love is psychological. True love is nurturing. When we go to John chapter 4, beginning with verse 22, you worship who you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, Jesus was saying in that day. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now why did I read that particular text of scripture in relationship to the marriage relationship? Because you see, the marriage relationship needs to be true. It needs to be profound. It's not just a surface level emotion where you look at each other and all of a sudden the hormones are raging and you're seeking physical gratification. That's just part and a fairly small part of what a real marriage relationship is, of what real love that nurtures marriage is supposed to be. Real love between a husband and wife listens, thinks, observes the needs, the expressions of their spouse. They recognize the hurts. They recognize the frustrations there. And a whole lot of times, the frustration that one spouse may feel is about somebody else altogether or a completely different situation. It doesn't really have to do with their, with their own spouse. But they need to talk. They need to vent. They need that support that comes from their loving, caring spouse simply listening and letting them get it off their chest. You know, there are more than 6 billion people in the world and the average person, it has been said, comes into contact with 1,783 people each week. <laughs> I don't know how to count that. I don't know how to calculate all that. I've never counted all of the people with whom I come into contact every week, but it's a lot. But think about yesterday. You got up and immediately saw the members of your family or your roommates. You stop to get gas somewhere on the way to work or home from work or to class or in that time you saw a few more. Maybe you stopped at a grocery store. Maybe you went into a convenience store and got something to drink. Perhaps you spoke to an attendant, a cashier. You went to work and interacted with how many people at work. How large is the office where you work or the workplace, the factory or whatever it might be. 25, 50, 100, more? How many people did you pass by? How many people spoke to you and said, hey, and you said, hi, back? Or maybe you communicated or interacted with those, many of those people several times during that day. You went to lunch with a couple of friends, maybe more than that. You saw another dozen people at the restaurant all around you. Maybe you spoke to some of them. You stopped by the grocery store, the post office, the dry cleaners, the bank, or some other place of business on the way home from work, and you interacted with many other people. You went to church services once or twice or three times during the week, and you spoke to another, how many? 25, 50, 75, 100 people? Either 
more profoundly or less more casually. That's a lot of people you've interacted with through the week. How much time did you spend interacting with your spouse, your husband, or your wife? How much care and attention did you give to your husband or your wife? How much did you listen to what they were saying, even on a casual basis, through each day of your life together that week? Let's think and let's pray. Father, help us to listen to each other. Help us to be slower to speak and to be more concerned and more considerate and more observant of each other's needs expressed sometimes in words, but sometimes just in their body language. Help us to be there for each other, especially as husbands and wives. Help us, Father, and guide us in your will along these lines. Now, Father, we pray at this time, please forgive us. And gracious Father, hear our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.